Hey everybody, welcome to Wolverine Wrestling Report. Since Michigan does not have a duel this week, we're still in that two-week dead period. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, the extra matches that they're doing this year. I have a couple of guests. We have Clay Sauertag, who is a journalist from Pennsylvania, and uh, Charles Small, who is a wrestler at Hofstra. And we're going to be talking about the extra matches how we think they've gone this year, what uh, what are kind of the pros and cons of them, how they affect you as a wrestler, as a developing wrestler, as an established wrestler, uh, what fans think of them, what the media thinks of them, and um, if, if they're a, uh, a good or a bad thing, if we would like to see them next year. Hopefully uh, after this week I'll get back into... The previews and recaps, Michigan still has duels against Ohio State and Michigan State on the schedule. Uh, maybe some slim chance that some of the missed ones get rescheduled. Uh, and then we're hopefully going to have a postseason. We are four weeks away from the scheduled Big Ten tournament. For now, hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right, we are joined by Clay Sauertag. Uh, Clay has covered wrestling nationally for uh, the Open Mat and writes for uh, a Penn State website now. We are talking about the extra matches. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, excited to talk about some wrestling. I know we're now, what, almost a month into the season, I guess, something like that. It doesn't really feel like it. We've had a little bit of changes, a little bit of delays, but here we are nonetheless. Guys have gotten some matches in, and it's starting to feel closer to a normal season or about as close to a normal season as we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it's actually worked out about as well as I think you could have expected. Um, these uh, extra matches, I think, have been a big part of that. Yeah, I, I think that they, whether it was coaches, whether it was the NCAA, whoever came up with the idea of the way to do it, I, I think... One, it's been smart for for reasons we'll discuss later in terms of getting matches in. But two, it's something that I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen earlier. Now, now that we see how it works. Mm -hmm. So let's just uh, establish and make this part clear. What exactly are the extra matches? Um, are they exhibitions? How do they work? So. I wouldn't say exhibitions because they count for a college record and they, they count for RPI points. They count towards qualification for the NCAA tournament. But they are matches the same day as a duel, particularly sometimes at the same time as the duel is happening, between two teams that are competing in the duel but do not count towards the duel score. Uh, I think that was probably my best definition. Mm -hmm. uh, so against... Wisconsin this past week or this past Tuesday, Penn State had the ten matches in the duel. The duel was over, and then four additional wrestlers wrestled against four Wisconsin wrestlers in matches that didn't count towards the duel. Now it can be four wrestlers that didn't wrestle in the duel. It can be four wrestlers wrestling a second match. It can be more than that or less than that. But they are just additional matches within the two teams, but not within the structure of the duel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen them referred to as exhibitions. I've also seen ECMs, which I think is extra competitive matches, and that's probably the more accurate term. Yeah, I'd love to like come up with something other than just uh, – I, I think ECMs is solid, uh, non-dual matches is solid, something other than extra matches. Extra matches just feels kind of sloppy. Mm 
But mm-hmm. I get at the time, I mean, in the situation we're in, it was just kind of, I don't think the logistics or, or the the marketing people had much to do with it. I think it was just the how do we get some, again, extra matches in. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's been interesting, I think, how different teams and different conferences have kind of used these things, where in the Big Ten, it seems like it's been mostly backups. It's been, you'll have like five to ten matches, and it'll tend to be, guys who would be on red shirts who, you know, would have gotten matches back in um, kind of the late fall in the open tournament season. Mm-hmm. And now those guys need match time. So it's, well, let's, let's have them wrestle the other team's backups. But we've seen um, some of the, uh, the Mac and Big 12 teams, I think especially, just have their starters basically wrestle another match to try and get more match time, but also, I would guess, more wins on their record to try and help with seeding. Are you surprised with the way that the Big Ten has handled it? Because I don't know that I have a good grip on what the right way to do is, but to me, it would seem like in a season where Big Ten teams, I, I can only speak from a Penn State perspective, but you can speak from a Michigan perspective as well, are only going to have seven or eight duels max right. going into a postseason. It would seem to me as if you would want to get your wrestlers more matches to get, particularly get into postseason shape. I mean, I don't know what you've seen from Michigan. I have not seen a ton outside of Penn State like I would in a normal year, but it just feels to me like guys are just a step slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely been guys who are a little bit sluggish, who don't wrestle all the way through a position how you'd want to see. Um, but I, I guess the flip side is how much are you going to get out of wrestling another team's backup? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say a big part of the value would be in um, just building up your match count, building up your win count and things like that. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't know how much it counts for seeding if you're beating uh, a guy that's not even a starter. Yeah, I know one of the things that we talked about before we got on the air and one of the things that Kale Sanderson has talked about in his preseason post or press conference was – racing to get some guys four matches. Um, that's what you need for an, an AQ spot not, or wild card spot, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Well, it's, it's both um, to, um, to get an allocation for your conference and yes. if you miss out to be eligible for an at-large, right? Um, so I think there's there's some concern about making sure guys who can theoretically compete for an All-American spot or, or, or a national championship can get those four matches in in case something does go wrong before – the conference tournament and they're unable to compete because I think you're going to happen. I think that's going to happen at, at least once we're going to get to a conference tournament and see guys we expected to see there mm-hmm. not be able to wrestle. That's right. They have that um, uh, one time rule where if you, what, if you're pulled from your conference tournament uh, and then you don't enter anyone else at that weight, you can still be eligible for an at large. That is, that is my understanding of the rule. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I, I, again, I think Penn State is kind of... I think Aaron Brooks has already wrestled an extra match or two. Um, Brady Berge, I believe, has wrestled an extra match or two. And it's just one of those things where it's like, let me make sure these guys have four matches. Especially when you only have six on the calendar. Six, six points on the calendar. Let me make sure we get here so that if you know what hits the fan... Mm-hmm they have that to fall back on. Yeah, Michigan might be in a tough spot. Michigan's had three duels so far. So nobody's at four except Jack Medley because he 
for one, one event, wrestled at 33 in the duel, and then at 25 for the extras. Uh, so Miles Amin and Stevan Micic, uh, two guys that you really need to have at the national tournament if you're going to do well. They they don't have any, so they unless they're doing extra matches in both the remaining duels against Ohio State and Michigan State, they're not getting there. And one of the things that has also kind of caught me by surprise, and I get the logistics of this are probably not as simple as they would be on paper. Um, but so the Big Ten has expanded travel rosters, I believe, to twenty from fifteen. Is is my understanding of the rule? But we've also not seen, at least among Penn State matches, more than like four or five extra matches where I thought you were going to get like eight, nine, ten extra matches. Um, is that something? Is that something that you've noticed, or, or do you feel like? I think I saw Maryland had like seven or eight mm-hmm. extra matches in there. Are you surprised that teams are not having more more of these matches than they are? A little bit, yeah, and it. it it's probably partly, you know, you, you have to find a matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if the, you know, the other team's coach says, yeah, we don't really have any 41s available. Well, okay, we can't wrestle at that weight. And then they say, well, we've got a 65. Ah, well, we don't have a 65. Right, but it right. is a little bit, I mean, because sometimes you'll see guys wrestle twice in these too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, it seems like some of the teams are starting to figure out the importance of it of getting their guys mat time and getting to five matches, where I think Ohio State had some of their starters. Uh, yeah, I think Jordan Decatur has week. probably wrestled like seven or eight matches already mm-hmm. this year, and like four of them have come in extra matches. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in the last couple of weeks we've actually seen more of them. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if that's something that we will continue to see. And one thing I will say is from a Michigan-Penn State perspective, which you and I have mainly um, – both of these are teams that have dealt with COVID concerns, right. so it may just be down to a lack of lack of available bodies. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be that now they they kind of realize the urgency of getting their guys just matches on the books, and they'll start uh, being more aggressive with them when uh, when they're able to. Yeah, like I look at somebody like a Michael Beard for Penn State, who's had some gas tank concerns in the past, who just had his first match. Now, he was not medically cleared and I believe was dealing with a non-COVID-related injury. But I think of that as somebody that, that you might want to get multiple matches in the future if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so this kind of transitions into uh, what the purpose of these things is. So it seems like they were pitched as basically a, a way to kind of replace open tournaments in the schedule where, you know, everybody missed out on a large number of matches back in November, December, and they want to try and make up for that a little bit, get the red shirts and the backups, uh, just some more mat time. And do you feel like it's addressing that at all? Um, yeah, I think it definitely depends on how teams are using it. Um, I would like to see it continue in a normal year, even if you're only allowed to travel 15 and that may limit the amount of extra matches you see. But if you're going to have five extra guys with you and the, other, and the home team has guys sitting around, like, mm-hmm. you're already there. The facilities are there. You're in no rush for the most part. Why not have the extra matches? It, it's an extra entertainment factor when you have fans. It's an extra way to get your guys matches. Um, even if you say in a normal year, okay, your starters can't wrestle another match, 
I mean, how often have these teams traveled freshmen or traveled backups that are competing for a spot? I mean, like a Penn State situation at 149, they've, they've got like four guys that are competing for that spot. Why not give the guys that aren't in the actual lineup a chance if, if the, the home team has a guy that they're looking to get a match? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for it because, uh, I mean, I love open tournaments, but there's only so many dates you can get on the calendar then. I mean – so mm-hmm. even even if you head to those, say you get 15 matches in, more often than not for a home duel, those kids are just kind of hanging out either in the wrestling room or in the stands or, or somewhere there where they're not getting live matches in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point, uh, using it for kind of settling lineup battles. Because um, we talked about this a little bit. We... Um, we did an episode that uh, the audio did not really work out. We weren't able to publish that one. But one thing we mentioned was, it, this was before the season, we, we were curious to see how much teams want to rotate their starters to get a feel for you know who's really our guy and how much they want to just pick one guy and commit to him just to get him more matches. And it, it seems like the most team Michigan at least, has tried to just pick a guy and run with him, mm-hmm. uh, especially at 197. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe you could see if, especially if they continue this, using these matches as basically your your kind of proving grounds. Yeah, I mean, I look at something like a Penn State who now has had three duels and three different starters at one forty nine, and the two guys who weren't starting have all wrestled extra matches. And granted, the level of competition is not equivalent more often than not. So you can't just say, oh, well, one guy won, one guy lost, right? But you can at least assess performances and how those guys are wrestling on the mat in terms of working through positions, in terms of how their cardio looks, in terms of if they're wrestling a guy that, that's not on the same level, are they putting up bonus points or, or are they making are they winning decisively? Um, and it's just another element in terms of coaches making that decision. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's going to really help with the long-term development of – the, the guys who would be redshirting, or is this just kind of a, a minor thing? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. Like, I, I don't think that it's guys that were going to be struggling next year are going to all of a sudden be really good next year because they had, they had more mat time. Um, but I think it helps get them used to the process of college wrestling. Um, I look at someone like a Bo Bartlett from a Penn State perspective who – has been wrestling extra, extra matches at 141. Like, he's supposedly trying to compete for the spot. I don't think he's going to displace Nick Lee. I don't think many people do. But you got to imagine, so he comes in, and I believe he was a January enrollee, and has really not had much of a normal practice setting at, at any point from then to now because of COVID. So it's just almost a replacement for that acclimation process of, is he going to grow a ton? Because of these extra matches, probably not. But does it help him settle in and then take that next step? I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, probably the preparation side of things matters just as much as the actual match, where it brings them that intensity and in practice, and they get used to the the grind of having to make weight every week. And, like, a lot of these kids have been – I mean, all of these kids have been wrestling duels for most of their lives. Mm-hmm. But there's – Another thing to wrestling a road duel, particularly in the Big Ten. So, like, Penn State often, with freshmen, has taken true freshmen and traveled them to duels 
two or three times before they are put into a lineup just to get used to the process of what a match day is like for them or just to get them more acclimated to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being able to do that and then being able to actually wrestle is just another step in that process. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, we talked a little bit about how different teams use them. Uh, do you think they should count for qualification or for seeding? Um, I think they should probably count, but there needs to be more assessment. It can't, mm-hmm. it can't just be – I think we've gone heavily in record in the past in terms of seeding. I, I think that that's going to be mm-hmm. a bit misleading this time around. I do agree. I mean, uh, see, see, record and winning percentage should be should – be, uh, get less weight in the seeding yeah, formula. Yeah, I, I think seeding this year is just going to be – it's going to be a mess, yeah. A disaster. I, mean, you're I think going to have to qualifying out, and, out of the Big Ten is going to be really tough. You're going to have to go out and, and win a lot of matches. It's going mm-hmm. to be interesting to see <laughs> the RPI and the allocations. Yeah, so I think be, they are not using RPI this year. They're not? Okay. So uh, I, but they, they still are using, you know, win percentage. I think they're using coaches rank, which I don't know how. God bless do that. people who need to determine who gets spots and how they're allocated. Because it's just going to be a disaster. I mean, you have to do something like I to to make it a bit more local for me. I so like I'm in Central Pennsylvania, and we're looking at sectionals coming up in a couple weeks. And you're looking at eight man brackets in sections with 15 teams. So seven guys, which would normally be, not normally be the case, are not going to wrestle all together. Not, not going oh, to make the section tournament. And they've discussed things like have a single elimination tournament for guys seated 8th through 15th. And mm-hmm. then the winner of that for tournament like the last t- spot. Takes, takes the 8th spot. And that's being tossed around. But, like, I, I was talking about coaches' meetings recently. Like, there's going to be fist fights on mm-hmm. the high school level over, over whose guys do and do not even get a chance in the postseason. And... It may not escalate to that level on college, but you're going to have a lot of very loud, very vocal disagreements yeah. with guys not getting mm-hmm. AQ spots or not getting allocation spots yeah. in their conference. No, I think by any metric besides looking at last year or saying, well, I think this guy's good, the Big Ten is not going to have uh, very impressive resumes this year. I think it's going to be really tough to qualify out of the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I look at somebody, like, from a Michigan perspective, what? So, you're looking at so, 184, I mean, 197? Right, yeah. So, yeah, that? I mean, Amin and Michic are not going to get allocations, but even a guy like, you know, Cam Amin, mm-hmm. if he if he goes 4-0 and on the year with mm-hmm. no top 20 wins, where does he fit in, in according to the national people? Similarly, like a Nick Neville's or a Seth Neville's who struggled last year, mm-hmm. um, and then this year has, has looked pretty good, but hasn't wrestled anybody of note, and is probably not going to beat Anthony Cassiope next Friday, and is going to go into the postseason at like four and one with no notable wins. Like, mm-hmm. good luck, <laughs> good luck to anybody that needs to make that decision of who who is or isn't worthy of of a, an allocation spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a chance the problem solves itself because half the teams drop out. But um, 
I guess just overall thoughts. Are are these are these a positive thing? I think so. I mean, I've I've yet to see an argument against them. Um, mm. I would like them to continue. I think it's almost like a, a given that they should continue. Like it seems like a layup to me. It's like you're here. You've got the extra guys. We're not. Go- we we got nowhere to be. We're in no rush. Even if they throw them on beforehand, like. I think in a regular year where you would um, only be able to use either red-shooting wrestlers or not necessarily red-shooting wrestlers, but in a regular year where I would say guys in the lineup for the duel cannot compete more than once. Yeah, I and I'd be with fine that. with that. Um, I think I would almost probably say you should put them on before the actual duel, almost like a prelim type mm-hmm. thing like you'd see on. Yeah, well, I think you have to. They would have to weigh in separately because there's there, there's rules about timing of the weigh in yeah. versus the duel start, and they wouldn't want to push the duel back true. an hour or two. But this is true. Yeah, um, I think the only changes I would make going forward is, I think I would say in a full season, assuming we ever get a full season again, mm-hmm. um, is the guys in the lineup should not be competing again in the extra mm-hmm. matches. Not because I think it's a health risk or anything. I just don't think it's less necessary in, in a season like that. And I think the it's more advantageous to kids who are not in the lineup to get those matches in. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And then kind of one final thing, this um, relates to the red shirt rules. Um, I guess it, it wouldn't need to be this way because they could just be exhibitions. But do you want to see these remain competitive matches? And should red shirts be allowed a certain number of competitive matches? Um, that's a good one. Uh, I don't think so because I think it's in a normal season a way for guys to game the system to determine like who they want to be their tournament entrant in the postseason. You, you can just throw a guy in a bunch of extra matches and and then go, hey, we made a decision without having him wrestle a duel. Um, so I would say that I think that they need to either compete in a duel or compete attached to a tournament in order for it to... And to the, at that point, I would say, okay, his matches can become retroactive like it would normally would. Like, I, I look okay, at like yeah. Mark Hall's freshman year where, okay, he was in redshirt, he was in redshirt, he was in redshirt. And then as soon as he wasn't, you look at his resume and, and say, okay, these matches are relative or, or relevant to his, mm-hmm. his seating. Um, so I would say that's similar, but I would say up until that point where they're either competing attached to a tournament or competing in a duel, that the matches should be considered um, non-competitive or, mm-hmm. or as exhibitions. Should um, should you be able to do one or two competitive matches and maintain your red shirt, though? I'm, like, on the... I think I'm on the wrong side of this in terms mm-hmm. of what most people think. I don't think so. Okay. I, especially if you're going to have the like, if you don't have the extra matches, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I still, at that point, would rather have guys who are competing for postseason spots be wrestling guys who are competing for postseason spots. Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly that's another argument for keeping the the extra matches and keeping the exhibition matches. Is, yeah. Oh, well, we can't get, necessarily get a guy in a duel, but we can get a matches. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think the the main reason people talk about that rule, um, you know, being allowed to compete in a certain number of duels and keep your post or keep your 
red shirt intact is basically because of forfeits where people mm-hmm. think he should be allowed to throw a guy in for, you know, one duel when your starter's out. You know, well, you, so your guy gets killed, but it's not a forfeit, and then he goes the back to the sidelines. I, I strongly advocate against it and will continue to probably strongly advocate against it. Is because, so say Mark Hall, for, for all intents and purposes, had stayed in redshirt his freshman year. Should he be able to decide what happens, the outcome of a duel in a, in a year that didn't actually count for him eligibility-wise? I, I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want wrestlers that aren't taking a competitive year to decide outcomes of matches that, that mm-hmm. count for something. So you, you, you have you know, a, a good wrestler who's in red shirt. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, let's, let's throw him in for this Iowa duel. Right, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. I, th- I think that's th- the f- perfect example of something like that mm-hmm. is, okay, you've wrestled in open tournaments all year. You get two duels. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw you into the duel that we care about, and then we're not going to wrestle you in the postseason, which yeah, cause, you I know, think we see probably teams... be a stranger mm-hmm. situation, far and few, few and far between. I mean, if they win a, a big duel, right. if they're that good, you, you're probably putting them in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But, like, the top teams have backlogs. I mean, and, right. When, and you see these kind of mass somebody, yeah. redshirts where, you know, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to take this year off. We're going to redshirt everybody that has one mm-hmm. so that we can be, you know, really pushing, uh, really peaking, you know, two years yep. from now. Yep. And then, oh, but, you know, for our rivalry duel, we're going to put them all in there. I, I can see concerns with that. Last year with Michigan, um, Penn State's year when, when mm-hmm. Nolf and Nickel were freshmen, do you, do you throw them in duels to win duels and then they, they don't actually get the – they don't compete in the postseason, and their season doesn't actually count for eligibility. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be a fan of that situation. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, I, I guess that's just one more reason we would want to see more extra matches. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think particularly in that situation, I think you can appease everyone where they're not deciding duels, but they're getting – supposedly it's all about getting them, getting them involved in matches, and I, I think that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds good, Clay. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We'll uh, talk to you later. Awesome. I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to talking to you later in the season. We are here today with Charles Small. Charles is a wrestler at Hofstra University. He's here to talk to us about uh, the extra competitive matches that they're doing this year and uh, how it relates to athlete development. Charles, how are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. It's good to have you. Of course. Mm-hmm. So um, to start out, just to establish kind of who you are. So you wrestle at 184 for Hofstra, right? Yes. Currently, I wrestle at 184 at Hofstra. Mm-hmm. And you're a, a senior, did a couple years at uh, different schools. You've kind of yeah, uh, come I'm, up um, through the ranks, right? Yeah, I started uh, started at D2, uh, Notre College in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, I spent a year there. Uh, kind of figured out that it wasn't for me. So, you know, uh, I had some choices to make. So I decided to go the junior college route, you know, trying to just ultimately get back to where I was or, you know, get to a high level, um, you know, and I just ended up winning nationals. And now I'm here at Hofstra. It's my second year at Hofstra. I'm a senior now, and next year I'll be a grad student. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So you um, you've basically had like your whole Division One career in the kind of the pandemic era, right? Yeah. Yeah. Has, has that been 
fresh. I mean, how, how have you kind of handled that and approached that? Um, well, last year was somewhat of a normal year. Um, right, I guess up until the very end. Up until up until the national tournament, but um, this year is different. This year was this year was a lot different. Um, you know, I still haven't gotten like a full like a full summer of like literally of just like strict competing and like lifting and wrestling. I haven't gotten that yet. You know, like this summer we were all split up. You know, I was I was in Georgia with a teammate. We were all all over the place, you know, trying to get in proper workouts and stuff like that. Um, you know, just trying to make sure that we stay in, in 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 at least halfway decent shape. But that's trying to trying to get trying to stay in wrestling shape is is almost uh it's almost nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're not wrestling, you know, high level D one guys all the time. So. Right, it's it's been especially tough for you guys. You've only had what two duels so far. Yeah, we've two duels so far. You know, just get keeping shut down. Young guys popping positive. Um, uh, I mean, but it's a part of what of what we got going on right now. I mean, it's it's for the best. I they like we got to do this to keep the season going. Um, you know, keep people keep people in the lineup, keep people healthy. So, like, I just I don't I don't really like it that much, but I I definitely understand why. Mm-hmm. And so today we're talking about the um, extra matches. So I, I guess to start out, the whole idea with them is that it, it's to get guys mat time. It'll it'll help you improve if you're you know a backup or something. Yeah. Do you feel like it's it is serving that purpose? It's actually helping the guys who get to wrestle in them. Honestly, yeah. Um, you know the extra matches. You know, especially with this year. You know, kids are getting the years back, so you know you got a lot of freshmen in the lineups. Um, you know, just guys going out there competing for spots. Um, you know, like it's, it's it's anybody's game at this point. Um, so I think it's I think it's great. You know, um, especially you know like eligibility wise, like I said just now. Um, you know, these guys get out there, getting after it. You know, it's kind of just like a great measuring stick to see where they're at. Um, you know, it, especially with these with these like a, like these young guys coming in and they're being and they're and they're performing great. I mean, you know, they may not be beating that guy that's uh, that's that junior or senior in the room, but you see them, and um, you see them out in their matches against you know other other guys and other programs that are also backups, or you know they're wrestling starters from other from other schools and they're still doing well and beating them, or or you know close matches, close losses, you know you just see where they're at. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so different um, schools and different conferences have kind of approached them differently, right? With, um, you know, some teams are just having their starters all wrestle. Like, they, they both teams kind of feed each other starter with their backup. And then some schools, it's, it's basically like exhibitions. It's like the kids that didn't get to wrestle, all right, we'll give you a match here. Yeah. So how, uh, how how has your team kind of handled it? <clears throat> um, you know, we've, we've just been putting guys out there. Um you know, just trying to get them matches, you know, trying to get them acclimated to the D1 level. Um, you know, like I said, these kids are coming out of high school, you know, more and more prepared for Division One. So, you know, you always you always want to get them out there, get the matches, get the mat time. So, so they can, you know, just like I said earlier, like the measuring sticks, just see what they have, see what they need to improve on, you know. And then again, it's always going back to the eligibility. You know, they have, they have, they have extra time now. So, you know, you have you have more you have more time to see what you need to work on, see what you got to do, 
you know, lineups. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into this. So I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. And so you, we, we talked about this a little bit with your, um, uh, your route through the college ranks, but so you didn't start wrestling until high school, right? Yeah. I started wrestling when I was in, when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, um, what's been the biggest thing for you with developing as a wrestler? Is it usually training or is it bat time? Is it, um, like competitive matches? Um, you know, high school to college is, is really, is a lot different, you know, high school to college is so, it's so different, you know, high school, you can get by with a lot of things, you know, athleticism, stuff like that, but, um, But like in college, you know, there's no, there's, there's, it's very small room area, area. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to drill properly. You know, timing, hand fighting. You know, conditioning. Like there's, there's so many factors that go into it. So, you know, it's, it's all about how well you make that transition. In my, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Was it though? Like, was it stuff you think you could have just figured out in the room if you spent enough time at it, or was it something you needed? those like actual matches with a ref and a whistle to really get it um, dialed in honestly i think you know the the wrestling room always has its place but you know there's only so many boundaries you can push in there you know um you know when you're on a mat it's it's just different you know it's um it's another guy trying to trying to impose his will on you so you know you have to figure it out like in real time so i feel like matt like like during a match is like I get well, definitely the best, the better of the two in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So like if um if if they didn't do this, then you think those backups and stuff would it would be um a pretty significant loss to just go a whole year with no competitive matches. Yeah, definitely, because you know they're just sitting in the room. You know mm-hmm. they're just you know they're getting after it. They're they're training hard, but you know they're wrestling the same guys every day. Right. You know. After a while, you start figuring them out. You know, you know what you know what to do, what not to do. So you know, after a while, then that's that's that that stops helping you. You know, you always have to get a new feel, different feel every single time you get out there. Mm-hmm. And how do you think um, these matches compare to uh, you know, like a a fall open tournament that you usually see? Um. It's it's roughly the same, but it's just different in the in the, mm-hmm. in the fact that it's only one match. You know, um, these guys aren't wrestling like three, four, or five matches in a day. You know, so um, I feel like it's kind of you know just them trying to focus in on and dial in on one match. You know, rather than them being you know tired, real tired. You know, they're wrestling a bunch of guys in one day, so I feel like that's a that's a big part in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So at your weight class last year, there was um, some of the controversies with uh, Iowa State having a uh, an extra tournament at the end of the year just to boost their guys' records to try and get them uh, higher up in the seeding matrix uh, and to earn uh, allocations for the national tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think these matches should count? Are you worried about the potential for teams to do you know five extra matches on the last day to get more qualifiers? Um. It's a little, that's just iffy. Um, I think the NCAA changed the rule this year, saying that matches against teammates don't count mm-hmm. or, um, you know, seating and record purposes when it comes to that. So, um, you know, the rule's been changed and that's in the past. So, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that at mm -hmm. that. All right. Um, what do you think about just generally the the impact of a shorter but maybe more condensed or more um, intense schedule for a season, where normally you have a, a four month, five month long season, all all condensed into like two or three months. Um, you know, it's kind of just like a survival of the fittest. It's you know who's the who's who's the guy who's the who's the one. Who's the person that's doing the right thing at all at all times? You know, if you're doing the right things, then you'll be fine. If you're not, then you're not. You're just not going to be prepared. That's mm -hmm. really it. Do you ever have, um, as a wrestler, like you feel like you need to ease your way into the season where you don't wrestle your best in the first couple of weeks, and it takes you a month or two to get firing? Are you ready from the jump usually? I mean, everybody always wants that little acclimating period, but. Um, you know, just outside of me being a wrestler, um, you know, nobody's going to give you that chance. You know, this is the highest level of competition. So, you know, you got to be ready at all times. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, would I, would I like the the two months to, to get ready and, you know, kind of just like, you know, take my time and get my conditioning together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I would love that, but that's not what it is right now. So... You know, you always have to be ready. You always got to stay ready to wrestle no matter what. So that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So I guess, do you have any kind of overall thoughts if this is a good thing? Should it be something they continue with in the future? Uh, definitely, for sure. Um, you know, probably once things go back to normal, I wouldn't probably count it for mm -hmm. against people's records. But if people want to get out there and they want to scrap, man, get after us do it do you have any matches that you would recommend people go out and watch as a fan if there's something if it's a you know educational thing you can learn from this guy if it's an entertainment thing you know this was a any a Spencer Lee match. match literally uh, any Spencer Lee match Spencer Lee is amazing I don't there isn't too many words that I can use to describe that young man but amazing is definitely one of them mm-hmm and uh, Charles is too humble to talk about this, but his finals match at the NJCAAs from 2019, <laughs> 18? Yeah. Yeah, 19 was um, uh, a very exciting match. Um, that one, I believe, is on Flow, and you can check that out. I'll put the link to it in the uh, description for this. Charles, um, thanks for your time, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks, man.